This is the Limo Show 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 Show. guys it's limo here and welcome back to an episode of the limo show and today i wanted to talk about storytelling because i think that in influencing people and persuading them storytelling is one of the biggest tools you need in order to do that and actually one of the best speakers i know use this tool in every fucking speech all right storytelling is so so huge actually uh, a guy i know called isaac dinson said to be a person is to have a story to tell and i think it's really true because most people uh, don't want more information okay uh, they are up to their eyeballs in information they want faith faith in you your goals your success and in the story you tell all right and most people Actually, what they need is a meaningful story that inspires belief in them and renews hope. Because informations and facts can't really anchor the, the principle and the wisdom better than stories, okay? Because when you tell a story to someone, you actually address the emotional brain, not the logical brain. And you can actually pierce through the subconscious mind instead of the conscious mind. So the story gets ingrained and even the principle or the teachings gets more ingrained in the person you want to influence. So what I learned is that there is different stories that you can tell. There's different types of stories that will serve you uh, in your efforts to influence others. All right. And the first story is the who I am stories. Okay. So what's your story? Who are you? Why are you here? Okay, what's your story? You need to tell a story that demonstrates you are the kind of person people can trust. Because the first question people ask themselves the minute they realize you want to influence them is who is this person? Okay, so you need a story that helps them to see what you want them to see about you. And the best way to do that is through a personal story. All right. Personal stories let others see who you are better than any other form of communication. And ultimately, people trust your judgment and your words based on subjective evidence. All right. It doesn't need to be a story about about you. All right. When a person tells a story about Mother Teresa that reveals that he understands gratitude and the humility of learning from others, uh, people can conclude that he's not bound by ego and that he can be trusted to listen to what they have to say. All right, so it doesn't need to be a story about yourself, but it could be a story where you think about someone or you talk about the concept and through that concept or through that person, there is an understanding that engenders trust. All right, and this is very key because most people say, oh, I'm not, I'm not that interesting. I don't have, you know, I don't have a magical story to say. You don't need a magical story. You just need to get out of your own way and basically let them understand that you're the kind of person that listens, that you're the kind of person that understands this and that. All right. And there's a lot of speakers that use the power of storytelling to talk about personal flaws. Okay. The psychologist actually calls that self-disclosure or self-deprecation. All right. 
And one theory about why this works is that if I trust you enough to show you my flaws, you can trust me enough to show me yours. So this is the power of vulnerability. For example, let's say you have a new manager, okay? And he's meeting his staff for the first time. Now, is he gonna brag about being, you know, the new manager, okay? Is that gonna engender trust? Of course not, all right? What is gonna engender trust is maybe a story about his first management job when he spent all of his time telling people what to do and what to say and ended up getting reprimanded for driving them crazy, okay? By being vulnerable and sharing his personal flaws, now he can engender trust in his future team, all right? You see how that works? So you can see that a who I am story is very important. Now, the second kind of story is why am I here, all right? Because people can fake authenticity sometimes, okay? Uh, people like to talk about successful manipulators or people that try to influence others by conveying an aspect of the personality but actually that's not really who they are. And that's why you need a why I'm here story, okay? People won't cooperate with you if they smell that you're kind of manipulating them, okay? And if you don't provide like a plausible explanation of your good intentions early, people tend to make up uh, reasons why they won't cooperate with you, okay? So before you tell someone what's in it for them, they want to know what's in it for you. Okay, it's natural. So if you want me to buy a product, for example, or contribute money, or change my behavior, or take your advice, I want to know what you will get out of it, all right? And it's a big mistake to try to hide selfish goals, okay? When you focus all your communication on showing your listener what he might gain, you might come across as hiding your gain, all right? And your message should begin by actually telling what's in it for you, okay? Because if people think you are hiding or lying about what you stand to gain from their cooperation, they trust in, they, they, they won't trust uh, what you're saying, all right? And there's no need to fake selfish goals. People don't mind selfish goals as long as you're honest and as long as you're upfront with them, all right? So a why I'm here story usually reveals enough for people to make a distinction between healthy ambition and dishonest exploitation. If your goals are selfish, people don't mind, all right? But you have to tell it in a way uh, where you're clear about your intentions and clear about what you're also gaining out of it. So for example, let's say uh, you're the CEO of a company and you make 10 times, 100 times the salary of, uh, of your employees, okay? Now, let's say you're gonna merge your company with another company and you have a meeting about that with all your employees. Now, if you start the meeting by telling about, oh, we're gonna do this for you, uh, this is gonna do this for you, you you're gonna gain this and this and that, uh, you're gonna come off as dishonest because you're hiding your own intentions, okay? People aren't stupid. And whether you're talking to factory workers, homeless people, or the social elite, addressing them as if they aren't smart or enlightened as you are will sabotage your potential to influence, all right? And this is key, okay? Never ever tell a story to someone you don't respect. The only message they'll receive is your lack of respect.
and so you have to start by what's in it for you and you know we all have reasons for wanting to influence others we have selfish desires for example power wealth fame uh, etc and we have selfless desires okay for example benefiting an organization uh, or contributing to society or a particular group of people or uh, wanting to spread love wanting to spread uh, some spiritual practices okay to higher up uh, the energy of the room or whatever all of that are selfless desires and you have to tell your selfish desires first and, and then talk about your selfless desires all right because you all have both and unless you're dalai lama all right don't assume that people automatically believe you truly have only selfless goals so for example let's say uh, you're altruistic okay you're on an altruistic mission you need to tell a story that gives solid evidence of that, okay? For example, you can tell a story uh, of how you quit your job that paid 100K a year and went back to graduate school and now make 30K teaching kids, all right? Let them see in your eyes and the way you tell your story that the joy of teaching children is truly the reason why you're asking them to give money, for example. Let's say you're raising money for uh, an educational program. Uh, that's how you can do it, all right? Uh, I, I remember I read in a book um, where there was like this successful businessman who spent much of his time volunteering for an AIDS hospice uh, in his city, okay? And he raised a lot of money by other businessmen in his city, business people. And every time he asked them to contribute money or time to these causes, he told them about a story. So he told them about a story uh, when he was in the Holy Land, okay, uh, which is an area located between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, all right? So he told uh, a story about the difference between the Dead Sea, okay, and the Alive Sea of Galilee, okay? Mm -hmm. So the Dead Sea has no outlets, okay? Both are fed by the same source, but the Dead Sea can only receive an inward flow, so the Dead Sea is prevented from flowing outward and the accumulation of salt has killed it. On the other hand, the Sea of Galilee is alive only because what flows in can also flow out. So for this man, the metaphor of the Sea of Galilee demonstrates his experience that for him, uh, giving is a necessary function of thriving and feeling alive. Okay, so you see how that works? By giving this story, about his experience in the Holy Land, by giving a story about the difference between this Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, he can paint a picture into the, the listener's head about the importance of giving. So you see how now by telling the story, he can influence them to contribute to his charity or to his cause, all right? So that's truly powerful. And what also really matters when you tell a story is the subcommunications, your vocal tonality, okay? We call it the certainty tonality, all right? The person whose vocal tonality is the most breaking rapport and engaging and carefree is the best tonality, all right? You also need to have a high status eye contact, okay? So when you're telling the story, look at the fucking person's eye when you're talking, okay? 80% of the time you're looking at them, and 20% you're focused on the story, all right? And if you're telling a long story or a medium story, uh, what, I, what I call a long story, it's more than two, three minutes, okay? 
you want to add what we call a checkpoint okay so at midpoint in the story you can say do you get this so far is this making sense okay i'm sure you've been in that situation before where you have a person that keeps talking and talking and talking and talking and you feel so lost so in order to avoid that you can say these kind of things all right to see if the other person gets it or the audience gets it you can ask questions as i said do you get this so far is this making sense all of that can contribute to the listener um, being more engaged so you can see how stories are so 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 important in influencing others i have a friend he told me about a story he told his boss uh, when he wanted to get paid more, okay? He told the story about Hugh Hefner, who wanted a $5 raise, not 500, not 5,000, not 50,000, only $5 when he was working for Esquire as a copywriter at 26 years old. And ironically, the boss didn't want to give him the raise. So he quit, okay, and launched his own magazine called Stag at the time. And eventually it failed, so he started Playboy. And in the first issue, he sold about 50,000, I think, copies, okay, which was crazy. I think it was uh, Marilyn Monroe or something like that, okay, in the, uh, in the first page. So, you know, then the, the success came in and the girls came in and the fame and everything. But the lesson here is when you have a star, when you have someone that works for you and that is truly great and that is stable, when he asks for a raise, just give it to him. Okay, he'll do great things for you. So that's how he could influence his boss by telling this story. So you see how stories are so powerful. So thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope to see you in the next episode. See you guys soon. Take care and don't forget to tell stories.